Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Our topic today is seven news reports that scare me. It's sad to say that so many things are going wrong with not only America, but around the world these days. And the first one here is not going to surprise you a bit, but let's talk about it. These are the 10 points or the 10 point charter by Alice Bailey. Who's Alice Bailey? Well, this is one of the most evil ladies that had probably ever lived. She lived in the early part of the turn of the century. But look at what she said. In order to bring in their new world order, put their man, the Antichrist, on the throne, this is what they said they needed to do. Ask ourselves how many of these things had come to pass. One, take God and prayer out of the education system. Well, we'd have to put a check by that one. They did it. Reduce parental authority over their children. You know, when I was a child, you do as mom and dad uh, told you to do. And if you got in trouble at school, you got uh, a paddling or something like that. Then you got back home, you're liable to get another busting from mom and dad also. In other words, the, the school worked together with the parents to see that the children towed the line. Not today. Three, destroy the Judeo-Christian family structure or the traditional Christian family structure. Uh, Well, okay, so we allow abortions. We allow easy divorce. We allow... uh, So, yes, I'd have to say it's, it's happened. Four, if sex is free, and I just understand that uh, I believe it was Baltimore... Might have been Philadelphia. I didn't did think it'd be that important at the time, but they have basically just outlawed um, and said they're not not going to arrest anybody for prostitution. I think that was Philadelphia. But anyway, let's go on. the The point is the same. If sex is free, then make abortion legal and make it easy. Well, it's been legal, and still in many states, it's still legal, though they're trying to reverse that. Make divorce easy and legal, and they have. Free people from the concept of marriage for life, and they have. And, you know, it used to be that in the Old Testament, if the man was not pleased with his wife, he could write her a letter of divorcement and she could leave. Now, some people want to say that in those Old Testament days, the father kept the children. And, of course, these days, uh, we don't know what's right. Uh, and, and that's a touchy subject, so I'll move on. But apparently, yes, divorce is easy. Marriages don't last very long at all. As a matter of fact, there's no higher, at the last poll that was taken, no higher percentage of marriages that last oh, in, in the church over those opposed to outside of the church. In other words, the church is no more cleaner than the people of the world. Number six, makes homosexuality an alternative lifestyle. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's gone now beyond that. To Now you can choose what gender you want, even after you're born. Debase art, make it run mad. Well, the, the correct way they worded that is to put up shapeless, meaningless art. And we've all seen it. And you say, well, what is that? And then you ask yourself how much they pay for that, and they paid sometimes thousands, sometimes even millions of dollars for that worthless shape. Anything but to put up some person that did well in the community or helped the community to thrive. 
like they used to. Use media to promote and change mindsets. <laughs> yeah, like what is the N-word? See, when I was growing up, matter of fact, here, I'll, I'll give you an example. When I was growing up in West Texas, they, they had a little thing that was made of wood in the shape of a Y. And it had a rubber band on each side of the Y. And it had a little leather pocket at the, the back of it. And you could put a rock in there or something like that. And you pulled that back. Now, what did you call that? Well, today they call it a wrist rocket. But if I were to tell you what we all called it, that would be, uh, well, against the norms. That would be the N-word. And we don't say the N-word anymore because they've changed our mindset. Now, now, some of that is good. Some of that is not good. Create an inherent faith, an interfaith movement. In other words, what we want to do is treat all the gods the same. All of the gods are the same God. You can, there's many pathways to heaven. Ten, get governments to make all this law, these laws and get the church to endorse these changes. So out of the ten things that they set down years ago, how many of them have been fulfilled? I'm going to say, I believe, all ten. In other words, the devil has had his way for the last, probably this century, probably the last, actually probably the last 120 years. He's had his way. He's destroyed much of the foundations. I remember I had a dream 18 years ago or so, and God showed me in the dream that America's foundations are destroyed. And I actually spoke to him in the dream, and I said, well, well, can't we fix it? He said, go ahead and try. <laughs> well, so I try. And we've got to try. We got to, We can't quit. Well, then the devil really wins. Let's go on to the next one. Headline, U.S. Army officials report catastrophic enlistment numbers. A scary last resort just became reality. In the Army's most challenging recruiting years since the start of the all-volunteer force, we will only achieve 75% of our fiscal year 22 recruiting goal. In other words, the volunteers to our military are not volunteering as much as they used to. It says the Army will maintain its readiness and meet all of our national security requirements. Army Secretary announced in a statement to the AP, if recruiting challenges persist, we will draw on the Guard and the Reserve to augment active duty forces and may need to trim our force structure. The Army is not the only branch struggling, though. While the Air Force was able to reach its recruiting goal, it was only able to do so by pulling from its delayed entry pool, meaning there's not as many people want to join the military and fight for this country that is so evil. Likewise, there's not as many police officers that want to go out and get spit in the face, get lasers shined in the face, only to have the city fathers say you just have to stand there and take it. Likewise, there's not as many uh, preachers that want to stand up, even be preachers. Likewise, there's not as many people who want to be Christians. Have we seen the churches fill up? Have we seen a big repentance? Have we seen sports stadiums fill up with people repenting and turning to Jesus? No, we haven't. So I have to say that just like, like Revelation 18 says when it's talking about America, I saw another angel come down from heaven, and the earth was lightened with his glory. 
And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the Great, that's America, Babylon the Great has fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Meaning, America, when it falls, when God calls it fallen, is not when Russia takes us out. It's when we fall away from the righteous walk, when we fall away from the straight and narrow path, when we fall away from righteousness into sin. That's when we've fallen. And then when the Russians attack, that's just the conclusion of the matter. Let's talk about Joseph Kitchen. I actually cooked this loaf of bread you're seeing here. Takes me about 10 minutes to put the ingredients together, put it into a bread machine, push a button, two hours, 20 minutes later, I get a loaf of bread out like that. Now, if you cut that loaf of bread that weighs about three pounds, the loaves you get in the store have most of the good stuff removed. The loaves you get in the store are about a pound. That's three pounds because it's got the good stuff still in it. Cut that into 14 slices, and if I eat a slice in the morning and the afternoon, I'm satisfied. So on that basis, one loaf can sustain, and it states everything we want, can sustain a person, one person, for a week. Based upon that, it'll get you Excellent nutrition. It tastes good. Long storage life. Ten minutes to combine the ingredients. Two hours, 20 minutes to make it. Other wheat that you order arrives in paper bags, which means bugs, rice, humidity can get a hold of it and ruin it. But at Joseph Kitchen, they send it out in 100 mil thick buckets. Gives you long shelf life. It's stackable. It's nitrogen infuses that hopefully gives it a lot much longer shelf life, kills bugs and things like that. Easily resealable. Keep in a climate controlled area. And they have it in stock. This is a picture, an actual picture of part of the warehouse. Here's another picture of these. Actually, each one of those boxes holds 2,500 pounds of wheat. And I think they've got 54 of those boxes, a bunch of them. So Joseph's Kitchen can ship it to you right now. You go to most of these places, they say out of stock. So here's what you want to do. Everybody needs to get a machine package. These are the things that you need to grind the wheat berries. Put them into a grinder. 30 seconds later, you have flour. You put that into the bread machine along with six other ingredients. Push about two hours, 20 minutes later, you have a nice hot loaf of whole wheat bread. Then you have to decide how much food you want. You want food two people one year, four people one year, six people one year. And if you want to make certain you have it when the electricity goes down, you can also get yourself a solar generator all at josephskitchen.com josephskitchen.com Canadians rise up and refuse to comply with the government's gun surrender order. Now you recall they did this in Australia I don't know, 10, 12 years ago they had big steam rollers, big heavy rollers like they roll over the pavement roll over thousands of guns, destroying them so what happened? Now Australia is beholden to whatever the Australian government wants to do with the people because the people have no redress of grievances. There's no way they can say, you're not going to do that. Because, in my opinion, our forefathers did not give us the right to keep a bare arm so that we could go deer hunting. <laughs> it's not so we can go out and shoot at cans. It's so that evil people in high places within our government can't force us to do something against the will of our God, period. As the Canadian government orders authorities to enforce a mandatory gun buyback, a mandatory gun buyback, are you catching that? 
enforce a mandatory gun buyback program of assault-style firearms. Look, today it's assault-style, but tomorrow it's any style. And so eventually you'll have butter knives. (laughs) So you can't fight against them. And so these evil people in high places can do what they want with you. Authorities to enforce a mandatory mandatory gun buyback program as of assault-style firearms. The officials from three of Canada's provinces have declared that they refuse to use police resources for that order. So the police really must be the ones that say, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And at least so far in Canada, it's working. In May of 2020, Prime Minister announced his government was enacting regulations to ban the sale, purchase, or use of military-grade assault weapons. Okay, so who gets to define what that is? Uh, Maybe a BB gun. And they say that 1,500 models and variants are included in it. And they provide fair compensation to buy back the guns, but the amnesty period will end October 20, 2023. But you don't have to worry. You don't need an AR-15 to bring down a deer anyway. No. What you need an AR-15 for is to see that evil people in high places can't force you to take the mark, which I guess I, I better address that. Revelation 13.10 says, And he that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. And he that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here's the patience and faith of the saints. Now, I don't like that verse. I love the Bible. <laughs> I love all of the Bible. But that's my least favorite verse, because what it's saying is, when they come after you to take the mark of the beast, and only when they come after you to take the mark of the beast, you are not to fight against them. What? Listen to what it says. And he that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. What does that mean? It means that if you turn people over to the New World War, if you turn people over to because they haven't taken the mark, then you are held guilty. Then it goes on to say, he that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword shall be killed with the sword. Meaning, we're not to fight against them because the next verse says, here's the patience and faith of the saints. Meaning, this is God's will. I know, I don't like it either. I don't like the interpretation, but go check it out. Revelation 13, 10. It's there. It's basically saying, when they come after you, for the mark of the beast. You're not to kill them, and you're not to be turning people over that do not have the mark of the beast. Because, like, remember in, the, in Revelation where it says, and I saw unto the altar the souls of those who beheaded for the witness of Jesus, for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord? Holy and true, just then I judge and avenge our servants, uh, avenge us upon those that dwell upon the earth. White robes given to every one of them said to them that they should rest yet a little season till their fellow servants and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Meaning, there is a list of some people that will get the highest crown. Some people will get the honor of giving their life for the name of Jesus. And if you're on that list, it's an honor. Because, frankly, not many people be on the list. I remember 
I remember one night I was, I was, it was a number of years ago, I was in my prayer closet, I was praying, I said, you know, Lord, it's not fair that Dimitri get all these angel visits and get all these dreams and visions and all these powerful things. And, and you know, it, it, he went through all kinds of torture, five months of torture, sitting in that electric chair twice. But I live in America. It's not fair that I can't be tested like that so that I can get that close to you. And boy, man, you think God can't talk? Bub, I heard him. <laughs> he said, you couldn't stand it. You couldn't do it. You would faint. You would fall apart. See, because the, Jesus has the keys of hell and death. Jesus, not the Father, I think it's Matthew 5.23 or 5.22, says that the Father, you give, uh, Father judgeth no man, but is given judgment unto the Son. <laughs> Meaning, Jesus has the keys of hell and death. He decides who dies, when they die, how they die, it's all in his hands. So, if we can trust him for our life, our provision, if we can trust him for our eternal soul, then we should also be able to trust him in our death, to know that he will not put us into a situation that we cannot bear, that we cannot stand, that we cannot be successful in. He won't do it. So, if you are one of those people that is called to give your life for Christ, God will give you the strength to do it. But he told me, you don't have the strength to do it. Matter of fact, let me jump into another story. It was hmm, about 1999. This is back when Prophecy Club was doing like 40 meetings a month, about 5,000 people a month attending our meetings. Anyway, I set up a meeting where we were going to have, I believe it was like, I don't know, 18 cities at the time. And I had a prophet, Gene Bacon, was going to give personal prophecies to everybody who showed up to the Prophecy Club meeting that night. And I thought, okay, well, you know, normally we have 100, 125 people show up at a meeting, but, you know, a lot of times we were doing 40 meetings a month. Anyway, and I thought, well, but during December, not as many people show up. You know, it's only about 40 or 50. So I said to Gene, I said, so how many prophecies can you give one evening between 7 and 10 o'clock? He said, I can get to about 60. And I thought, okay, that's fine, because about 50 people show up. You handle them, and, and we're good. And if there's any more than showed up, then, you know, one or two, then I'll take them. <laughs> well, I was surprised. No, it wasn't 50 showing up. It was about 120. <laughs> so I remember specifically we were in Kansas City this night. So I said, all right, here's what we're going to do. Hand out pieces of paper and put a one or a two on the piece of paper. If the people get a one, then they get the prophecy from the real prophet, Gene Bacon. <laughs> if they get a two, then they get stuck with me. So he took half the room. I took half the room. And this one couple, now the way we were working, we had one of those little handheld type recorders, okay? And I had Joanne, which was, still works with Prophecy Club. You can call Prophecy Club. She'll answer the phone today. And she would put in the audio tape and then fast forward it past the leader so that all I had to do was just push record, prophesy, hand them tape. Push record, prophesy, hand them tape. So this young couple stepped up. And man, as soon as they stepped up, I knew what I was supposed to say. I just ducked my head. I started talking to the Lord. I said, Lord, you're not going to make me say that, 
are you? And there was that sweet little voice that said, Stan, you said you would say anything I told you to say. All right. I'll say it. But you didn't say I had to look at him while I say it. So I'm going to look at this guy's shoes. So I push record. I pointed at him and I looked at his shoes. And I kept looking at his shoes because I didn't like what I was about to have to say. So I looked down and I said, God has called you. If I don't get too emotional here. God has called you to persecution. And this guy, you know, he's dressed kind of like in a cowboy shirt. I can, I can still see him, man. And he's wearing a cowboy hat, blue jeans, boots. All of a sudden he goes, mm, yeah, mm, yeah, mm. And he kept doing this as I'm prophesying to him. I'm saying, I'm not looking up. I'm not looking up. I'm not looking up. I'm not looking up. I said, God has called you to persecution. He wants you to know that he is going to be with you, that you are going to go through many trials, many tortures, many beatings for his name. He wants you to know that he is going to be with you and he is going to guarantee you success and victory. And this is his call and you're not to worry about it. I just kept looking at issues. Finally, I got done with that and I looked up at his wife. I've never seen anybody cry like this. I never seen anybody cry with their eyes wide open, but her eyes were like this, wide open, and they were already shattered on a white sweater kind of a, a top. And I remember because there was already puddles of tears right here where she was crying. I mean, she was crying a river. Her eyes were like this, and I said, "And you, you are going to be his prayer warrior. You are going to pray, strengthen him. You are going to need to memorize the King James Bible, not by the verse." not by the chapter, but by the book. You're going to have to memorize the verses to quote back to the Lord to give him strength. There are going to be times in your prayer closet when you're on your knees fasting and praying for him, God is going to whoop, open a, a window in the spirit. You are going to see the things that he is going through so that you can pray him strength. But the Lord wants you to know, both of you will have ultimate victory. This is my call, I will see, the Lord says, that you have victory. I mean, her eyes are just like this. Finally, I stopped the tape recorder. I took out the tape. I handed it to him. He's going, mm, uh, mm, the whole time. Mm. Handed him tape. He reached up, took the tape. Mm. Uh, mm, and walked off. I turned to her and I said, you know, ma'am, uh, I'm just delivery boy here. I mean, it, normally what is said is none of my business. I said, but on this one, I got to ask, what in the world is going on here? She says, well, we're newlyweds. And ever since we got married, he keeps telling me this thing. He's going to die for Jesus. He's going to be persecuted for Jesus. He's going to be beaten for Jesus. He's going to be locked up. Barbed wire play. He's, he keeps telling me these crazy things. And I wouldn't receive it. I rebuke it. I rebuke it. I rebuke it. I tell him, I don't want to hear it. 
but now I'll receive it. Thank you. And turned around and walked off. I turned to Joanne that had been put in the... I went, we, we both turned to each other at the same time went, wow. Maybe God had me share the story with you to let you know. Some of you watching now, you may be called to give your life for Jesus. But understand, you will be some, with some of the greatest people on earth. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all of the most, I think it's at least 11, if not 12 of the 12 disciples, all gave their life for Jesus. Peter said, don't crucify me up, uh, regular, crucify me upside down. I am not worthy to be crucified the same way Jesus was. Many of the greatest servants of God gave, gave their life. And by the way, and that's the reason I, I just rebuked this, this big lie about a pre-trib rapture. It's a bunch of con. Now say it nice, Dan. Um, it's a cowardly approach. Cannot tell you how many times I've prayed. I'm getting emotional here. And I've asked the Lord, please give me the honor Give me the honor of dying for you. It would be a great honor because I know that he will never put me through something that I cannot handle. So this, this thing of them trying to take our guns away, the reason that this is the devil, he knows as long as we have guns and as long as we have Bibles, he can't take us over. That's what he's really doing. So, brothers and sisters, I, I don't, I'm not going to get through the other things that I plan to talk about today. But let me just encourage you by saying, we're about to go through some hard times. But the Bible says that God will not put us into a test we cannot be victorious in. So, if you find yourself in the middle of the world hurt, understand that God put you there. And he is also giving you the strength to be victorious in that situation. Whatever it is, don't quit. Don't give up. Don't take the mark. Just like when Dimitri was going through five months of torture. The, the angel kept speaking in his ear. He says, don't quit. Don't give up. Don't tell him how you smuggle the Bible through. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. I believe in that time of trouble, it's going to be the same way. I'm trying not to get emotional here. But God is going to be with us. It's going to be okay. Yes, we need to make preparations as much as we possibly can. We need to memorize Psalm 91, Psalm 23. We need to have some, some words to say. Just like that lady, I forget her name now, uh, Lamb, stood in front of the firing squad as they were going, ready, aim, she was quoting Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. They fired, the bullets went right past her. They cocked them, fired again, the bullets went right past her. God is going to be there to provide and to protect. Okay, so Terry Saka, why should people call CornerstoneAssetMetals.com today? Well, we've had large developments. We all do know about the war with Ukraine and Russia, but what's happening in Europe Beyond the fact that they have uh, food rationing, energy rationing, and the Rhine River, which is the heartland of the industrial world of Europe, 
is now drying up to the point where the barges can no longer go through. And now the announcement just, just yesterday that Russia was going to eliminate all Nord Stream energy flows to Europe. Cornerstone, assetmetals.com. Call them, start some dialogue, open an account, and get yourself prepared for what is coming.